What's up, everybody? Just want to bring y'all another episode of Iron Form. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit of a change. We got JP back on the podcast finally after a hiatus. You know, life gets in the way and got to take care of things and make sure you're good to go. Uh, this episode, we got Jonathan Hoffman. He's a uh, competitive bodybuilder. He's been doing it since he was the age of 17. Uh, in the episode, we kind of discuss about uh, bodybuilding, uh, you know, different things that he likes to do, uh, a little bit about himself, how he got started. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And we just kind of have fun with it, kind of going back to what we started out with, just talking about things that we like, dislike, trends that we see now that are current, you know, uh, you know, TikTok lifters and how people just really, that's, you know what I mean? That's what they're there for. It's not so much about the process or the love of it. It's about, you know, let's get in here and try to film everything at an angle and so I can get the best exposure whenever I post this on, you know, Instagram and TikTok later on. But yeah, uh, something a little bit different for y'all. Uh, got some plans for some other stuff in the future. Just need things to line up, man. I appreciate you. Y'all as always uh, taking a listen to it. You know, just ask as always that you leave us a review, uh, review uh, rating if you haven't. Uh, share it so we continue to spread Iron Forum. You know, it's a little bit different than some of the other fitness-related podcasts and stuff like that that's out there. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all taking a listen once again. Uh, so here it is. It's Iron Forum episode number nine with Jonathan Hoffman. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Forum. Uh, finally got JP back on the podcast. How's it going, JP? Doing all right, man. Glad to be back. And then with us, we got Jonathan Hoffman. He's a bodybuilder. Jonathan, you want to introduce yourself? Give us um, a little bit of background about yourself. And, you know, it doesn't just have to be bodybuilding. It can be whatever you want to include. Okay. Uh, shoot. Uh, yeah, um, I've been training now for almost 12 years, I think. Let's be 29 here in August. So about 12 years getting into it. Uh, started lifting right out of high school, I think. Uh, played baseball in high school, got injured. Uh, was looking down the barrel of the shoulder surgery, so they kind of told me that uh, pitching's no longer in the cards. Um, so got into rehab. Rehab led me uh, started weight training my older brother. Uh, and then I kind of just fell in love with working out. Uh, saw the guys back then, you know, that's the early 2000s, so like Branch Warren, Ronnie Coleman's. Started watching videos like that on YouTube. Uh, got into like the Flex magazine, started reading all the articles, um, and then kind of took it a little too far. <laughs> so, <laughs> 12 years down the road, um, Mitchell's, you know, turning pro here, so they're going to do nationals here in December, so awesome. uh, start. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it for, uh, are you doing NPC or what, what are you doing in, in December? Yeah, NBC. They moved Nationals down to Irving, so uh, it's at Miami last year, so it's like an hour and a half, two-hour drive from where I live. Dude, that's awesome. So you've been working on your routine and all that good stuff. And... Well, yeah, I did a show back in April. I did the Phil Heath, uh, so I'm qualified doing that. Um, and then I shut it down for a few months, and then they moved it to Irving. It's like qualified, two-hour drive. It's right in my backyard, so yeah. might as well give it a shot. Well, I didn't know how far you were away from uh, from Houston or anything, man. But I had a buddy who owns uh, Iron City Gym uh, out there in Northwest Houston, 
and he's promoting a, a show here in September. It's not sanctioned or anything like that. Um, there's going to be a lot of like novice competitors, just people getting into bodybuilding. Um, but a lot of people that are going for their pro card are going in there to like fine tune their their routine and all that, just kind of see where they're at judge wise. So I mean, you might want to take a look at that if that's something you're working towards. Um, so it's not just like a it's not just like a like a bum rush kind of thing. He's actually put a lot of time and money into it. It's got like a weird like a psycho circus theme kind of kind of thing going on. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, I'll tell, I'll, I'll say this, man. He knows how to throw a party. Like when he opened up that gym, they had DJs and all kinds of craziness going on. All the, all of his competitors were out there. But um, that's that's really cool, man. I, I, I like that you're getting into that, and working towards your pro card. You know, that's not that's not easy at all, man. That takes a lot of discipline and you know, time where you don't want to want to lift or do anything. You're still going after it. But I, I wish you the best with all that, man. Appreciate that. Hey, so like for me, because like I only know is like IFBB and I know FPC. Like, what's all the the differences and you know all the little yeah. acronyms and stuff? You know, if you want to play in the NFL, you you do it NBC. So uh, IFBB is the NFL, NFL of bodybuilding. Okay. Um, there's a lot of other divisions. I mean, some guys think there's political like BS that goes on, so they'll get shafted a few times and they'll turn to like NABA or. There's a few other ones I can't think of right now, but there's there's a few other divisions and sanctions, but basically the NBC is, is the hard hitters and, and and the IPB, you know, it's got the Mr. Olympia, so that's kinda yeah. like the ultimate. Those are, so if you people. if you wanna make it, that's where you need to be at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, seems, it seems like NPC has just been holding more clout than anything lately. You know, they're producing a lot of great athletes on stage and like giving people like shots at a pro card that honestly deserve it and are doing things the right way. So I agree with you on that. Like going to the Olympia and things like that and seeing like actual IFBB guys and like the size difference compared to like an NBC competitor and you're like, oh, yeah. damn, these guys are huge but you still see the, you know, uh, you still see that caliber of athlete come out of an NBC. It's crazy. Yeah, social media lately has kind of watered it down and I always tell guys, I, I, do, I coach some guys here and there and, you know, they're always jumping at me and I want to go pro, I want to go pro and then they've never even actually been to a show all I see is the, the, the social media aspect, and I'm like, these guys, even like the lower level guys in person, are 20 times better than what you see in a photo. Like, I can't count how many times I've been backstage at a show, and guys will come and be like, man, I had no idea you were that big. It's like, yeah, because you saw me on a little photo on your phone, and you have to put two or two together, you know? Right. So, it's kind of, it's there's a little bit of delusion about it these days. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you 100% what you said about social media, man. Like, in every gym I've been to, like we, I went out in Alpha Land, and everybody's a freaking, uh, you know, everybody's an influencer now. They've got a tripod and a camera, and you know, everybody's got little microphones on, giving their own fitness advice, and you're just sitting there going, "Dude, like Cody and I went to Destination Dallas one time, and we saw this girl walk in, who literally was there for maybe I, I want to say less than ten minutes. You know, don't get me wrong, she's a beautiful girl, gorgeous girl, whatever, but." <laughs> she came in, set up her camera. You can see she did her little introduction spiel thing. She does her like five little workouts, not even working sets or anything. Like just comes in and does like you know, um, hip bridges. That was uh, that one. Uh, her little dumbbell dumbbell squat. Or her, that was her that chick, dude. Squat. You know what I mean? She like uh, did a, and, like and, did and a ramp and then redo it. Out. And we're like, what in the like what in the hell? Yeah. And the guy next to me was like, oh, yeah, she's a big fitness influencer. I was like, she didn't, she didn't freaking work out. What the hell do you mean? She's a fitness influencer. Nah, man. You know, you see these monsters in there that are working out, these huge, huge freaking gorillas in there. Yeah. 
no camera in sight. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, damn. But I think social media has ruined a lot of that crap, dude. They, they try to make it look like an easy lifestyle. And it's one of the hardest damn things you can do to make your body change from a bulk to a cut to a bulk to a cut to prep and dehydrate your, you know what I mean? Like you go through all that just to get some type of physique or some kind of, uh, you know, appearance on stage. And and people don't understand really what that, what goes into that. You know, everybody thinks like, well, I got a six pack now where I eat, you know, rice and beef six times a day. I'm a bodybuilder. No, it's not. I know what it is, man. Like uh, I, I get young kids coming up to me all the time asking, "Hey, man, what's the, the secret to getting a contractor? I want to do this for life. Like this is what I want to do." And it's like you're you're putting the cart before the horse, man. You had you just worked out for a year or two, you know. Shoot, I don't I don't even got two thousand followers, and they reached out to me for contracts <laughs> because you know I'm just that's the kind of people they're putting their their money behind. You know, it's not it's not the girl that you're, you're seeing there taking their little you know five minutes of fame. You know, with the one point whatever million fake followers, like those aren't the guys yeah. that are that are making. So, well, well I love how you talked about your evolution of doing what you do now. You know, because I I think that's always like you know the gym that I'm in right now. I've been there for about six years and I've owned it for three. And you know, we've seen people uh, that that were they had athletic potential. I guess they just never had any interest in being on stage. Uh, they just really work for aesthetics and looks and you know they followed a bodybuilding lifestyle but not really that of a bodybuilder you know um, but I love seeing that because it always starts like at some point like how you said is like you just got bit by that bug you know and it just became an, almost like an addiction like you just wanted to learn everything about it and it's funny you said that because dude like I wonder if that's so similar for everybody in this uh, field because like how you said like in that early 2000s like the Jay Cutler and, and all that, you know, the Ronnie Coleman's, I can remember getting those Flex magazines and be like, man, what are they doing? What's their bicep workout? You know, you, you're reading about all these guys. Man, I had the posters on my walls. I would follow yeah. those workouts. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I can remember, like, when I started getting into it, like, just not even, not even that just working out, you know, like, it just became a, a fun thing to do. I can remember my dad looking at me. He's like, man, I got all, all these pictures of these half-naked dudes everywhere. Why are you getting like, all these guys? Just yeah. I was like, for bodybuilders, dad, he's like, okay, so. <laughs> he's like, all right. He's like, whatever. He's like, if you need to talk, we'll talk. You know. Uh, he's like, I love, I love you no matter what. No matter what. He's like, all right, man, thanks. Hey, but yeah, going back uh, a couple things, I wanted to talk about real quick. You know, that chick at that destination, destination Dallas and stuff. That shit was funny. Uh, talking about social media's influence and everybody wanting to be an influencer. Like, literally, I watched it countless times, and she was one of them. You know, she set up her camera and her tripod and stuff like that and literally do a rep and then go back and look at it to see if it was the right angle and then make an adjustment and do it again and do it again and again and again. And then they're out of there, uh, you know, <clears throat> try not to be a dick, but, you know, I think that people are so caught up on like instant gratification and that's what they're trying to get you know it's that dopamine hit coming off of social media from how many likes and how many shares that you can get that people lost sight of what it is that you're actually trying to do you know what i mean the process that you're trying to do the amount of discipline that it takes you know and that's what i feel like everyone's just like lost sight of that you know what i mean you stopped me the other day when i was at the gym you're like well how long are you you know you're in here you know, I'm like, well, I'm averaging like three hours at least each session, give or take, depending, you know what I mean? But like last night I was there 
I got there at like 6.10. I left at like 10.30. You know, I my Friday is my long day. But you know what I mean? That's what people don't understand, you know. So they ask you, you know, well, how do you get, you know, how do you get so strong? How do you get, and they're gonna, in your case, how do you get the physique that you want? Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to sacrifice? What kind of time are you going to put in? Or are you just looking for, you know, that click gratification, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll add, uh, people don't understand. Like, and the more, the, the deeper you get into this, the less friends that are going to stick around and understand that or even want to be a part of it. You know, there's no social life, you know? Um, I never went out on Friday night. You know, I made a post of my story. That's what I do. I, I eat my meals and I stay at home. And I've done that every weekend for, I couldn't tell me how many years, you know, I got into this when I'm 17, I'm going to be 29 here in a, in a week. And I, I didn't have a social life. There's no, there's no social gratification. There's no, there's no, uh, cheating, cheating the hard work. You know, there's no faking it, you know, five Monday through Friday and then, you know, messing around on the weekends, you know, it's six meals, seven days a week. You don't miss. And if you miss, then you set yourself up for, you know, just wasting your time. Well, that's what sets you apart from everybody else. That's why you're staring down your pro card. You know, and, and a lot of people, that's something they, that's always a fun goal to have or say. But to attain it is a different thing. And the thing is, like, what you do, what you just said, the sacrifice that goes into it and the gamble that it is. Yeah. You've been training since you were 17. So what's that, 12 years now? Yeah, it'll be about 12 years here in a few weeks. And three, three months of not training or doing anything can completely ruin 12 years of training. Or, or deviating from that kind of, of that kind of structure and discipline. You know what I mean? And that's why I always hear people are like, well, how, man, how do I get abs? It's like, man, there's no secret pill. There's no secret. It's, it's dedication, discipline, and, you know, and your drive. If you're going to, you know, whatever nutrition plan works for you, it works for you. Whatever workout split works for you, that works for you. A lot of people focus on things that are almost, to me, are very irrelevant. You know, they're almost like, well, what, what, what can I do to hit my side? Though? Well, man, look, anatomy, physiology, all that shit is the same. Whatever works for you, whatever grows your delta is going to grow your delta. It may not, it may not work for me, but it may work for you. Great, you know. But when it boils down to it, like you said, are you getting your rest? Are you sleeping? Are you eating nutrient dense food that's going to, you know, give you the, the goal that you're wanting? You know, it's things like that that a lot of people. The hard shit is what the is what people don't want to do, and like how you're saying is saying no on Friday and Saturday night. Say, hey, let's go to the bar and have a drink. No, I don't drink. Well, why? I'm gonna fuck with my results. Man, one beer ain't gonna hurt. One 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 shot of whiskey ain't gonna hurt. The fuck it won't. Yes, it will. I'm not trying to put my body in that habit. Like I'm not trying to put my body in that habit. Like, and, yeah. and that's what. And I think you said it best, dude. Because like, you go to the gym almost for yourself, and then it becomes this lonely thing. And I hate to say it like that, like it's like a depression thing, but it, it kind of is. Like, there's only very few that have that mentality and understand what you're doing and what you're going through. And that will actually stick by your side and watch you go through it. And we're talking about friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, relationship, whatever it is. You know what I mean? That's why it's so damn hard. But to be honest with you, man, it's a, it's a great lesson. I mean, like you're saying, how, how often do you train? You said six days a week? Uh, right now I'm on a five day. So it's a, it's a rotating split, but about five day split. And, and I assume your, your splits, I mean, they're very intense. They're very, you know, focused on yeah, two hours. So, kind of, kind of go off, man. So, what is your what's your favorite split like when you when you go to the gym? Like, what's the workout you look forward to? Man, you know, I've kind of as I've, I've done it more and more, I kind of try to find you know 
running all of them. <laughs> you know, even I, mean, I hate training arms because there's not like a squat or like a heavy press or something you're going to challenge yourself. But I mean, you know, that's just, it's got to be done. But you just yeah. want it's, it's more of a discipline, you know. And, you know, I want to say that I'm sitting here watching motivational videos. I'm getting hyped up for the gym, you know, half the time, you know. There's no ritual to it. I eat my meal. I know I got 30 minutes after that meal to get to the gym, so I you know, I'll get ready and I go. Um, and I usually I've been doing the same workouts for three, four years now. I don't deviate. I mean, I track my numbers. I know if I'm losing a certain amount of weight on certain exercises, and maybe I'm you know pulling muscle off too quick, so I'll change some things up. But I'm very logged as far as like my numbers and my, my sets and reps, so everything's pretty consistent there. Um, there's very little change I love that I love, yeah, I love hearing that uh, a lot of times I really hope a lot of people that are getting into weightlifting hear this too uh, a lot of people that are interested in bodybuilding because you see so many people who change up their damn workout they miss that bread and butter workout like you don't need to get crazy you don't need to do all these extra movements if you're not focusing on muscle contraction and like you know, exertion and ripping the muscle and growing the muscle, all that kind of stuff, or tearing it down and building it back up. You know, people try to do all these crazy extra things, or they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do this for eight weeks, and then the next eight weeks I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go into four weeks of this, and I'm going to come back, and I'm like, bro, same workout. Yeah. You know, that's boring. It's mundane. I'm like, but that's what, is what it is. It's how you just said, like, at this point on a bicep curl, if I know I should be doing this on a bicep curl and it's feeling good or it's feeling lighter, that's way you're familiar with it that you can control and you can grow. You know what I mean? Or like if you prefer like a, like an alternating dumbbell curl or how or a softening curl, whatever it is that works for you. You know that's that's your workout. And I love that you said that. It's like dude, I've been doing the same damn thing for years because that's it is what it is. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly right, man. Exactly right. But I I know you said you like doing legs, man. I used to tell Cody all the time. I'm, I do legs and you do arms twice, you know, like I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and I just, my first show, my dad came up to me because he, he used to go to my shows when I first started. And he said, man, you're, you're good, but your legs are pathetic. So that whole year, I, <laughs> twice a week and I, I murdered myself. I said, that's not happening, man. You're like, thanks. Damn. That's how, love. Yeah, that's how it is. How many that's shows have you done all together? What now? How many shows have you done so far? Man, so I did. I lost count. It's probably around ten or eleven. There was a year I didn't compete. Usually about one a year. I thought like I was trying to compete too often. Yeah. Uh, and then they look the same year after year. Um, I think that's a mistake in the long run. I've always been trying to play the long game. Um, I did one pro qualify. I did USA's in 2019, and then I took two years off after that because you know I I was actually lined up. Um, I don't know if y'all know who it is. Nick Walker was actually right in front of me. Yeah. I was lined up right behind him. He's third the entire world right now. So I had him, I was looking right at who I had beat. I'm like, I'm not on this level yet. So it makes no sense to keep knocking on a door that I'm not ready to open. So, you know, I took a few years and I came back, put on about 20 pounds of stage weight. Uh, I was more competitive. So. How old were you when, you when you did your first competition? I was 17. I was a senior in high school. So I did my first show. Um, it was the, uh, what was it, NBC, uh, the Texas State Naturals down in uh, Pflugerville, right outside of Austin. Mm-hmm. So I drove down there with my dad. He knew nothing about bodybuilding. The same thing you're saying is, you know, 
I'm getting up there tanning and shaving and, you know, opening bikini. <laughs> he said the same thing, you know. They, I didn't have a girlfriend through high school, so they said the exact same thing. And they're probably worried. So. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's, it's a different environment when you're backstage there. And these guys are like all tanned out, oiled up, flexing and stuff. And they're like, oh, man, Glutes look good, like, hey man. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing we're not doing pre yet, dude. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's, wait. Let's not make those comments yet, man. No, it is a different environment. I mean, and those you know, it's just like anything else. It's uh, I don't really want to say it's like a uniform, but I mean that's how you get to show your entire physique, you know, without being lewd or crude. And those judges, man, they got a tough damn job. There's been competitions that I've been to where. You know, you're looking at first, second, and third, and and what they're seeing, I like, I can't see. And I'm just like, dude, I shit, it's like it's a coin toss at this point. Like, just pick whoever you want. Like, pick your top three favorites. They all look damn near identical to me. You know, uh, it's, it's crazy seeing athletes at that caliber. You know, like you can tell, like people who come in like 12 through 11th. You know, that are just getting into it. Like, hey, they, their physique's growing. They're just not there yet. But man, those top those those top athletes that come in, there it's just so damn hard to judge them. Uh, it's, that was, it's crazy. That was the hardest part about bodybuilding for me. You know, I've always played competitive sports growing up. There's, there's a clear, defined way of how to win and how to lose. You know, if you're in a powerlifting meet and you yeah. outlift the guy, you win. You know, if you bench more than that's a clear number. Yeah. In bodybuilding, it's very subjective. Yeah. You know, there's guidelines, there's criteria, but even then, you know, I watch shows and I've been watching shows for like I said, 12 years plus. And, and then when the winner, you know, they'll announce it, and it's, you know, I'm scratching my own head. It's like, I could have swore. Um, yeah. So that, that's the hardest pill to swallow, you know. It's your competitive nature. You do everything you want to win, but you got to understand they did too. And at the end of the day, it's very subjective. And if you can't, you know, take the heat, then you probably don't play the game. Um, and, I, and I've come in some sec, tough second places before. And it's it's uh, something to you know, sit down and reevaluate. Well, but I think that's hard, man. I, like mentally, like what you're already putting your body through. You know, that's so hard, too. Like, when you get to that, uh, you know, that prep physique and you're on sort of that stage-ready physique and you go back to the drawing board, like how you said, you went back after your first competition or, or your first couple and you put on 20 pounds. Like, that, like, when you think about, like, yeah, you put on 20 pounds of muscle, but how much weight did you actually have to put on? So oh, I competed in 34. Um, or uh, That show, I was 228. And I went from 228, I bulked all the way to 301. God and I, dang. Yeah, I went all in. Like, you know, so the best of social media, they don't show you. Big guys, they get fat in the offseason. Jesus. And I was a chubby little, I wasn't little, but. No, but that's. What happens? You stop working out, and like, oh, this is what I got to do right now. So. Well, but that's, that's the thing. Like, when you talk about, like, you know, everybody, you know, everybody blames things on, like, hormones and things like that. But it's like, dude, you don't understand what you put your body through. You don't like it. Like how you said, to gain 20 pounds, you went all in. Yeah. Like, you went all in. And the thing is, like, you're, you're going to see your body be, like, the perfect form it's probably been in a long time on stage. And essentially, you have to destroy that to rebuild it to create something better. Yeah. And that is such a mind fuck for some people that they can't get through that because they're like, oh, well, I'm bulking. And it's like, bro, you're still kind of shredded out. They're like, well, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too fat. I'm like, well, so you're only going for like a couple pounds of muscle gain, you know? Like you got it. I mean, you're not eating and fueling and getting big, you know. You got to convert all that. Like that's crazy to hear about, dude. That's that's nuts, man. I've heard people, I've heard people do like 
a 30 pound gain overall. You know, they don't want to get too far away from where their weight is. But that's yeah. nothing. You went from 228 to 301. It wasn't over like a few months, so like I said, it was well, a couple of years. So I would go up, I'd hit 260 or something around there. Yeah. And I'd marinate for a little bit, and I'd clean things up. And then I'd push back up, get to about 280, same thing. Oh. That would have been straight up, man. I'd, that would have been terrible. But, Bro, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you right now, at 280, I feel like that fat kid that has a cupcake. That has a breathing problem, just like y'all got more cupcakes. Like I feel like I feel like it's it gets bad. Like I feel sick with myself. And yeah. the thing is, they feel like, man, you're getting strong. You're doing great. Like yeah, bro, but like elastic shorts hurt to wear right now. Like I can't, like I can't even. I got to get on a treadmill, do something, eat better. You know, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Like to just go on that journey to three hundred one, and it goes. What are you back at right now? Uh, right now I'm sitting about two sixty. Two sixty. Yeah, my plan is I'm going to suck down and compete in the, in the 225 class. Jeez. So, yeah. so I'll be right at the cusp of that one. And that's in December. You're shooting for that that's in December. December. Yes, sir. God dang, dude. Hey, so how did, like, in high school when you did your first show, how did you manage, like, stress? You know, that's, I think, that's, like, one of the things that people don't talk about is, like, the effects that like, stress has on your body from, you know, from a performance aspect all the way to, like you said, just trying to have, you know, maintain quality mass, you know, get quality gains. How do you manage, how do you manage your stress, like in high school, going to high school and then trying to do a training regimen and eat and all that other stuff? This answer's probably going to be a little lackluster. <laughs> so I already knew coming out of high school, you know, that this is something I was wanting to do. Um, I was already kind of mentally checked out of school as soon as my shoulder was kind of throwing me out you know my whole thing I was at, I mean I had a few offers on the table to go play you know college ball you know I had Tulane you know I had scouts showing up and then the shoulder obviously no one's gonna to you know invest in that you know you're just a ticket time bomb so I kind of mentally checked out but I still had like the competitive nature we needed to find an outlet um, and I, I've already been you know reading all these magazines on diets and stuff so I just started you know little by little there wasn't a lot of YouTube yet so, you know, I'd eat, you know, canned tuna, I'd bring canned tuna and packets of rice, you know, I'd you know, eat them between classes, you know, during lunch. You know, no one wanted to sit next to the kid that's eating tuna and rice. Yeah. I'd wake up extra early and I'd, you know, if my mom had leftovers, I would pack some leftovers. Um, but usually I'd, I'd eat, you know, three, about three times that I'd come home and, you know, go work out, eat a few more. <laughs> there was not a lot of stress for me, you know, it wasn't. Like I was sitting here thinking I want to go to be like an engineer in high school or through college or something. I wasn't like having extreme workload. Um, that's like I said, that's kind of yeah. once already mentally checked out. The stress so much after that was like figuring out how to balance having an actual job and an actual you know career, and then not going you know face up you know broke trying to do a hobby at that point. Um, and at that point, you know, your parents are telling you, this isn't something that's going to pan out. Look at you and look at those guys. You know, there's no physical evidence that you can produce to, like, make them believe that it's something you can do. So everyone doubts you. Um, so, you know, I'd work the first job was a supplement store, you know. I worked the 9 to 5, and I would bring my food, you know, when I could. It's just finding the time, you know. Everyone has 24 hours. It's all about prioritizing what's important. Um, you know, I held the vision, you know, 12 years down, you know, I kept you know, chipping away. It wasn't, there was no overnight success. And I think that's something that's lost. Everyone wants to be an overnight success, but it's, it's, it's an illusion. There is no overnight success, especially in today's world. There's, there's guys like even the Nick Walkers of the world. People's always, you know, turn pro and I talk three, 
I followed Nick's career. He's the same age as me, and he's done the exact same climb up. And he just happened, you know, catch a break and win it overall. And next thing you know, he's there. But it wasn't overnight. You know, I remember seeing his pictures, his check-in photos in his mom's basement for like 10 years. So that's the thing people don't see. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, but like, that's a great understanding. But I need you to understand, like, that's not just going to be with your bodybuilding career. Anything that you envision better for yourself, I think self-doubt and like doubt with everybody else is just a natural human reaction. Because I think when people can't see your vision, they can't help but to doubt it or say, how do you see that panning out for you? Or man, we don't really see that working for you. Because it's not it's not their vision. You see what I'm saying? So as I always tell people, be really careful, even with family or even with family, close friends or anything, be really careful about telling people about your plans, your dreams, your aspirations, like all that stuff. And the reason being is because you're truly the only one that's one going to work for it. You're truly going to be the only one that's going to put the time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears to make this dream come true. But what everybody's going to see is the easy shit. They're going to see, oh, well, he just worked out two hours a day. Or, oh, yeah, he eats, he eats well. And look how easy it was for him. No, it wasn't fucking easy. You know, it wasn't easy. You don't, you don't understand what I put myself through. Like how you're saying, like, I'm, I'm trying to work and not go broke by feeding myself all this all this food all yeah. the time. You know, and, and the thing is, but that's that's in life in general. You know, if, no matter what you want to do in life, everybody's, everybody's going to doubt you at first until you prove them wrong. And then everybody's going to want to be your best fucking friend <laughs> just to be able to say, oh, I knew that guy. Or, oh, yeah, I used to train with that guy in the gym. But it's like, motherfucker, you were the one that was doubting me, saying that, you know, I'm not that big, or oh, well, he thinks he's a bodybuilder. You know, the ones that were, the ones that talk shit, will be the first ones to get your back when you're when you're successful and when you're famous and where you want to be. So I always try to tell people, man, remember the people that were there by your side and actually went through this journey with you and actually fucking believed in you and helped you out because you're gonna realize it's less than a percent of the fucking people you know, and it's and that includes family friends I mean everybody it's, it's crazy dude it's, it's really crazy but I mean I, what you've done and what you've already accomplished I, I think you said it best you know somebody's got a lucky break we, they're on the same journey as you are and sometimes you just you do get a lucky break but man keep after you keep grinding um, I've actually I've, I've heard great things about you I know it sounds kind of stalkerish I mean I, I've heard your name around you know just in the industry I've heard your name um, and dude I'm really I'm really stoked that you're going after a pro card man because I think that's where things really do change and, and happen for people. And you actually do start looking at things like sponsorships and people helping you out with your, you know, with your food, with your stage, with, with competition costs, hotels, all that stuff. You know, um, I wish I, I really do, man. I'm excited to see where you take off with that after talking to you today. I, re, I really am be looking for your name now out there on those leaderboards, man. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, kind of a little bit of different question. Uh, what's your opinion about Young LA signing Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman? And that's the same thing I was saying about the other day when I saw Phil Heath with Jim Shark. It's all a little publicity at that point. <laughs> they don't make clothes and fit those guys. Yeah. You know, they make custom stuff just to have an ad first, you know, grab some people. I, I can't fit into a single thing LA, LA, you know, Young LA makes. They got. They, I think they used to have Chris Bumstead on there too. Just 
It's one of those spring. I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. It's like the it's like the Abercrombie and Fitch of bodybuilding clothes. Yeah, man. Like uh, if it's tied on a skinny guy. Like yeah, I agree with you. It's like yeah, ain't no damn way. It made no damn way that y'all make clothes for for Jay Cutler. Like that man's wearing a Hanes beefy tee with y'all logo on it. Calm down. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's that's a big ass. That's that's a lot of. I mean, that's a lot of manufacturing in China to get that one t-shirt fucking made for that guy. Like you know, that's not an entire line. The cost. I mean, shit. I've seen how much a pair of fucking Gym Shark shorts and all that shit is. Like eighty bucks for a pair of shorts. Get the fuck out of here. Like, come on, man. You're going to tell me y'all make all that material for bodybuilders? Was that a $300 pair of shorts? You know, the fuck out. I, I agree. I, I, just, I just laugh when I see it. I'm like, when people are like, well, that's good if they sign with them. I'm like, Man, they're just cutting them a check at this point. Like, they've just got so much notoriety in the game. They're, and, and do it. Yeah, I mean, hey, Jay Cutler, that name's synonymous with bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, yeah. The point if you're going to use my name, if you want to use me, pay me. You know, I don't give a shit what it's for. If it's a decent product, go ahead and pay me. You know, but... I can guarantee you that motherfucker wasn't like, ooh, this synthetic cotton blend feels good when I'm doing, you know, flies. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You know, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not going to say they're not uncomfortable clothes. They're great clothes. They're, they're comfortable clothes. But it's not like the shit you see bodybuilders in. Like, you see bodybuilders wearing fucking those little string-tied tank tops and shit because they don't want to get things, you know, their range of motion uh, fucked with. You know, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, it, it's fine. But I mean, like, it, but I will say, like, bodybuilding apparel has come a long way. You remember how it was like in the '90s and the '80s? Like, they had, they used to have those big ass jean shorts for like Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, where, like Ronnie wearing those tights, and there was the the, the zebra print pants. <laughs> they're like the whole culture. They're like Jinko jeans, but shorts just to fit over their thighs. <laughs> like, they're huge, man. But yeah, it's, it's come a long way, but. I don't mean to hate on them that much. I don't have a clothing brand making me dollars, so I, can't, I really can't say shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's probably pulling in some kind of amount of money or whatever for them, just kind of like how uh, Alani knew did that deal with freaking Kim Kardashian, which, by the way, that drink sucks ass. I tried that shit last <laughs> night. That shit was horrible, man. Like, it's supposed to be like pink lemonade. I was like... The only time you taste anything kind of citrus is when you belch that shit. And you're like, Bruh. all right, there it is. I was like, nah. Well, did it? I mean, but well, so. What was the thing she did? Like, she became a fitness influencer or some shit like that. Yeah. She got roasted online. I, I mean, the. Okay, from a business aspect for Alani New, they're going to make a fuckload of money. Because you think about it this way. You're going to make a drink that is like entry level. So you're going to get people that aren't used to energy drinks or or pre-workout or whatever you take somebody with a big name big profile and put them on there so now you start introducing a whole nother fan base start buying your product yeah that's you know from a business from a business model great great but from an industry standard like for me no that just fucks up a lot of shit hey like like it just i mean like like how you said, like it brings in new people, but it just brings in I, shit. It's no. gonna age me the fuck out. It's gonna bring out a lot of people that you just like they're just posers. Like it's like one of the people who were like, "Oh, I drink this shit or I take this shit," or it's like you know you see. And I'm not trying to knock anybody, but like when you see kids walk in with like all kinds of fucking creatine and pre workout and pump product and shit, and they're taking ungodly amounts of caffeine. You know, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you taking 800 milligrams of caffeine before you run? Like, what are you, what are you doing? 
and they're like, oh, I mean, you know, this is this is what I was told to take. Like, motherfucker, by who? Like, a crackhead? Like, who told you? Like, bro, like, you're going to be up for three days taking all this shit. Oh, yeah. And like, you sit back and they say things like that. Like, oh, I saw this guy on YouTube. There's a, there's a bodybuilder that I follow on YouTube. This is what he takes. I'm like, yeah. first off, first off, bro, I ain't, I ain't what he's taking. Like, he might, he might supplement with it, but that's... Nice. He, you're also he's also eating about fifteen thousand calories a day. Like that that one scoop of whey protein was a supplement to help him hit a, a protein goal, not as a fucking meal replacement, you know. And it's crazy to see like that. I think that's my problem with products in bodybuilding. Um, you know, back in the day, like the only product that I really I can remember, like when I started getting into weightlifting, it was like mid nineties, and it was EAS. And they were the ones that came out with, you know, the shit that, uh, uh, what was his name? God, damn, I can't even remember now. The baseball player hit all this on Mark McGuire. Uh-huh. That androgen, that's what he was taking was androgen. And then they found out, they're like, oh shit, this is, you know, <laughs> this probably should be a banned substance. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, you know, it did what it did. Like, it, I can remember that shit working. Like, and I was a 17 year old kid and started to think like, damn, why am I so angry all the time? You know, like why, you know. Like, well, you're, you're taking this shit that's designed to boost your fucking hormones, man. And and I didn't really know what the hell I was taking, you know. And uh, But that's my problem with products is you just see somebody online taking something and then justifying it and being like, oh, well, it's popular to take or it's, that's part of the gym culture and shit. Like, it's kind of like tripods now in the gym. Fuck, you got to step over a tripod every 10 fucking feet in the gym now. You know, and that wasn't even a thing a year ago. Yeah. Uh... Sorry. No, I agree with you. I just say it like I get it. If it was from a business standpoint, hundred percent hit the nail on the head. Uh, as a what as a person that goes to the gym and understands what it means to people and stuff like that, having somebody like that represent like a part of a like culture for lack of better words is like a huge slap in the face. I mean, if you saw like the promo photo that they had, they had like the skinny like pig iron like. Skinny pig iron bar with a big, nice, pretty, nice. I love those plates. Those Ivanko plates with the chrome, chrome around it. And I was like, those plates don't even fit on that fucking bar. You got like two inch Oli plates and like a little three quarter inch bar. I was like, come on now. I was like, we couldn't even get the right stuff. Shit's just funny as fuck. It's mix and match, bro. <laughs> it's something, man. And she's on there and she's like, Skinny, his arm is as big as around as my wrist and shit. And I was like, yeah, she works out all right. I can't, I can't ever judge anybody on size anymore, though, dude. Like, that's like uh, old yeah. Logan Rogers in the gym. I was like, man, this little skinny dude, and he's over there deadlifting 500 damn pounds. I'm like, damn, all right, never mind, shut up. That's different. Shit. <laughs> that's man, different. I, I was going to say that even though it's probably, you know, just like a joke about it, everyone's kind of joking about it, it got you to try it. And I think that's the big thing. <laughs> right behind it, got a lot of people to try it, and they made some money. Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. Hey, guilty as charged. Hey, I will go. Glad, and I was like, I tried a lot of new stuff before. Like, if you ask me right now, I'll go to the corner store and I get the one that the mimosa one. Hey, that shit's fucking amazing. It tastes great. I ain't gonna lie. This Kim made one, not so much, but the other one, yeah, I'm about it. I don't care. I mean, the marketing genius. I'll give it. Yeah, hundred percent. Kim Kardashian selling wheelbarrows. I'm probably gonna go outside and fucking wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look sexy hauling all this dirt like she did? No? All right. All right. 
Kim Kardashian. Kim, Kim Kardashian Carhartt collab. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! I don't think they required Ashley's chaps. Hey, just to think about this, this all started from a sex tape that got leaked out, man, and here we are today. Well, you know, yeah, you drink lucky hurt. hurt. Lucky hurt. Dude, okay, I gotta ask. So, when you're done with the competition, like coming off stage, you know, judging's done, everything, everybody's placed, everybody's going home. What is your go to cheat meal? Or do you even have one? So early on, when I was starting to compete, I was food focused. This last time, you know, I finished, got off stage. They had some cookies backstage. Remember, I filled up my, you know, my trophy. I had as many cookies as I fit there. <laughs> so I sat out, you know, out front of the venue, and I ate that whole thing full of cookies. Main thing I want is some freaking water, though. So usually it's all about hydrating. I mean, I might go out with my girl there having a dinner or something at night, but it's kind of her choice because you know she's been dieting with me. Where oh, she knows where we go. Hey, that's love, man. Put a ring on that. That's love. Yeah. <laughs> that's love, dude. Uh, so I was gonna have you ever have you ever cramped on stage from from being so dehydrated? Yeah, I've had when my feet were cramping once. Yeah, yeah, that did, was. A, did you have to like improvise your? Uh, did you have to improvise your routine? Uh, I stumbled once, yeah, but you just kind of power through it. It's. I've learned better now. I don't really cut water all the way out like I used to. And there's a whole thing sodium being bad back in the day. My methods are better now where I don't have that issue. Um, if I eat too much junk right after, you know, after getting off stage, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, restaurants got a lot more sodium than what I've been putting in my food. Yeah. Then I'll run into issues. Um, but usually it's all about hydrating afterwards and maybe one good meal. You know, my carb ups are pretty heavy. So I'm not even really craving food at that point. I'm just wanting some freaking water. <laughs> Damn, bro. I didn't, I didn't know if you were like transitioning to like a like a last spread or something. And your feet cramp. You had to pull like a James Brown dance move to make it go. <laughs> you know, like oh shit, I'm, I'm about to fall. Man, hey, I'm, hey, don't knock cookies. I'm gonna tell you right now. I know you're 20. You, you're young, but God, I'm gonna tell you right now. This is the happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Having kids is probably the hardest hardest thing with discipline. 
when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back on prep. And you're like, we just ordered pizza. I'm like, man, I hate y'all. You know, <laughs> we're, we're going to go get tacos. We got donuts this morning. You want anything? I'm like, man, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so we're going to throw away this rice and turkey meat and all this other crap. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's, but it's a whole other world uh, when you get to that level. But I, I'm always interested to see how, guys, how long guys want to take this. Um, because it's interesting that bodybuilding and physique and, you know, all these different classes that they have, there is longevity in it. You know, it's all, and I'm not trying to, you know, Cody, you understand, like, powerlifting, shit, there's an age limit to powerlifting. I mean, there's only so much your hips and your back and your knees can take um, before you're like, dude, I got, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at retirement pretty soon. Like, you look at a guy like Lorenzo Barnes uh, that we look with, and, I mean, you see this guy squatting, you know, 700 pounds and all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, I... One, that's a weight that I'll never, ever be able to squat in my life because, I'm like, thinking about it makes my knees and ankles hurt. But uh, it's pretty interesting that bodybuilding is one of those things. It's almost like uh, a lot of people have found, like, this fountain of youth with it. Like, I've started going to a lot more of these novice and amateur competitions where you see, um, especially, like, the, in, the, in the women's division, like, you see a lot of older females starting to compete more and more now. Um, and I forget, what, what's the one? Is it physique? Uh, with the board shorts that the guys yeah. do, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of like uh, you know guys in their in their fifties and you know getting up to their sixties competing in that division as well. Like you're not going to see them as like big yoked up bodybuilders most of the time, but you, you still see them with a passion for some kind of fitness. And I think that's interesting. Like, would you consider doing that? Like, let's say you've maxed out at bodybuilding. You know, like okay, I want to kind of do something else. Have you ever thought about that? Uh. I think for me, I put a ceiling on it. If I'm, you know, if I don't go pro by 32, I think I'm gonna start scaling back down. I think it's a lot of pressure on your body to be heavy all the time. Uh, you know, at the end of, end of the day, you know, it's it's a sacrifice. You know, it's doing this is not healthy. I mean, it's it's taxing, and you know, it's taking years off the end. So, uh, I think the longer you redline it, the the more you're uh, putting yourself at risk. Um, so, I think if there's a a way to do it and get in and get out the best without, you know, injuries and all that. You know, you look at Ronnie Coleman, he's, you know, he's the greatest of all time, but he's, you know, I think 12 back surgeries now. So, I mean, I don't want to beat that guy. I want my quality of life to still be good at the end of it. So, yeah, I think if I can get in, do what I want to do, and then kind of transition out. Um, you know, I, like I said, I do coach people. I have, I have a pretty good amount of people um, that yeah, I enjoy just helping people too. So, I think that's a way for me to get out of it and still kind of be in it at the same time. Um, so I'm hoping to keep growing that towards the end as well. Um, so you're, you're looking at like a legacy kind of kind of a career with this, where you're getting back to all the other people. If they keep raising that classic weight limit, man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know they just raised it another seven eight pounds, and <laughs> I think that's going to cause a lot of issues with the. That division because now guys like me can slip into that class and those guys don't stand next to guys like me. No, but like the Chris Bumsteads of the world that are super, super, you know, uber famous and popular, that's going to start going away soon if they keep raising that weight limit. Um, yeah, at some point, yeah, that there's got to be a ceiling on that. There's got to, I mean, because you're, you're you're forcing people to push. really push limits. Yeah, and I, you said it's already, you know, it's not. It's kind of weird saying that, you know, being in a perfect, like what you would consider a perfect physique is unhealthy. Like what you're doing to your body, yeah, you're right. It, it's not very healthy for your body. 
but it's so crazy to think that a federation or somebody else would say like okay in order to be in this weight class or in order to compete at this level like we're gonna raise it even more and you're like dude what the fuck like well it's, like it's getting so like I don't know if you said that. I mean, I know you probably seen that Generation Iron or whatever. Like, when you're looking at guys like Lou Ferrigno and Arnold and um, the original bodybuilders, or what I would call the original bodybuilders in my in my generation. And, and you know, the crazy thing about before, before I forget, those guys that were the top of the game back then couldn't win a regional show in today's world. Like, an Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting next to me now would not beat me simply for the fact that I would make him look like he's never trained legs. And that's that's the truth of it. You know, those heavy squats in Generation Iron where he's struggling with 315 on his back? You know, I know high school kids that rep that stuff for like, you know, 20, 30 reps now. Like the evolution of just the human body in this, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Progression is the name of the game. It's only going to continue to get better and better. And I know y'all are seeing that across, you know, the powerlifting. The, the, the best world records are continuing to rise. You know, everybody in their, their you know, how they used to be 800-pound squat was like something. And now that's becoming a more common thing across the board you know the, the 600 pound benches that used to be like a world record you know you know five ten years ago and now we got guys you know like uh what's that big guy uh irregular strength whatever julian you know, man the guys going for like an 800 pound bench yeah like that, that's really unheard of 20 years ago and now i think that's with every sport those progression i think it's inevitable and i think trying to box it in you're just not going to be able to what makes them- like you said like you made it they made it humanly possible you know where people weren't afraid of that weight like people started going after you know, like, like how you're saying, but I completely agree with, like, that was the whole point. Like guys like, guys like Schwarzenegger and, uh, Ferregno and Zane and all those guys, like at that time, yes, those physiques were phenomenal, but like you put them next to even like a Kai Green or a Flex Wheeler. And, yeah. and, That's the reality of this. And it, but it's so crazy to see, like, even how the judging of what they would consider a top physique, um, has evolved to. You know, like it is more of a, you know, like guys like uh, like Schwarzenegger, they they're very lean in the waist, you know, very 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 lean. Then you see these guys now, like just shred their abs, their abs are out. Yeah, if you don't have shredding, if your glutes aren't inside out shredded at a national show, they will not look at you. And then the first guy, you know, Rich Gaspari had shredded glutes, you know, eighty nine, ninety. Um, he was the first guy to ever do it and display them. And now that's like that's a a requirement now. If you don't have that. Then I don't know why you're showing up. That's that's the crazy thing about it. And you know, Schwarzenegger has never been that lean. Those guys in the 70s, 80s, it was literally never even seen to be possible. And now, like I said, it's a new standard. And, it's, and I think that's what's crazy to see how it's evolved. Like looking at, I mean, almost like you you could put those those uh, magazine subscriptions of Flex and Muscle Mag and all that from back in the day, and kind of see how even the cover models of all those things have evolved and changed. Uh, Cause I mean, I remember seeing guys like Lee Preach and thinking, "Shit, that guy's fucking like he looks scary big," yeah. you know. And now it's like how you're saying, like he's almost almost dwarfed in comparison to what's just the standard norm. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it's, it's crazy to see that because I mean, like the last actual competition I went to uh, that I got to see legitimate bodybuilders um, was in Fort Worth, and I can remember seeing these guys. And I'm just like, dude, you know, you're you're seeing all these guys walk around with t-shirts. And everybody just looks super fat, you know. Like they don't, they don't even look big because their their shirts are just so damn big, you know. They everybody looks so puffed out, but you see these guys like shredded out jaw lines and traps, you know, coming out to here, and you see them on stage, you're like, Jesus Christ! Like it's just a, you know, you see twenty monsters on stage, yeah. And that's and that's what it is. I mean, that's that's how the sports really evolved. Like you used to be able to tell like a bodybuilder 
by somebody almost like like almost as a, an everyday gym rat now. You know, somebody's just got a lean physique, rounded shoulders, biceps, all that stuff. Like they just got a great you know aesthetic physique. And you're like, oh, that like back in the seventies, that would have been a bodybuilder. Today, it's it's like, nah, bro. Like we need to, we want to see like vascularity. We want to see all this stuff. We want to see every inch of the anatomy pop out. You know, and, it, and it's crazy to see that how people have, but they but the athletes have adapted to that. That's what's even crazier. Yeah. Like, phew, but it's, it's across the board. Everything's progressed. You know, the way people eat. You know, sports nutrition wasn't even a thing back then. They were just eating. You know, basically trial and error. You know, and then you know your training, your training philosophies have evolved over the years. People know exactly you know how things work. There's more. There's, I don't want to say science behind it because I'm not a big believer in you know science makes or breaks everything because there is you know a lot to be said about experience. But people have, have seen you know greatness leads clues. They follow. They piece together what works, and now there is a there's a more optimal way of doing it. It's not so much you know throw it against the wall, hope it sticks. And I think that you know aids to all the progression. Absolutely. More scientific. I mean, even technology ways ways people train. Uh, who's that guy in Russia? They had him hooked up to all those little electrode pads, kind of showing him where the uh, when he flex, like where the optimal position of his muscle was when he flex. And I was like, dude, what? I'm looking at it going now. That's a little too far from my taste. Like, you know, like they were trying to they were trying to prove some like efficiency in your workout because if they say hey you can have a more intense workout in a short period of time if you're doing these range of motion and I mean it would be nuts watching the science like the people like the team of scientists behind this dude studying how his mechanics work like, and just like seeing like, what the optimal range of motion is like think of like, like a, just a bent over barbell row you know and like does you know holding it at the top of the motion slowing down uh on the negative, you know, on, on all that stuff, like how much, like how slow should you go on your negative? Like, is it better, is it more beneficial to be powerful on positive motion of your workout? Hold it, flex, get that blood in there, and then be slow on the on the release. Like, it was, it was crazy seeing all that behind it, but it's like, that's the sport now. That's the edge people are getting. Uh, whatever, you know, 1%, that 1% difference to make you better is, is really, it's in today's world, we'll make or break you on stage, you know? Like I see what like my like my favorite lifter of all time, and I know it's weird, but my, my favorite competitor of all time, Dana Lynn Bailey. I love love Dana Lynn Bailey. I think she's the goat. I don't care. Like she is phenomenal. And I watched that documentary with her and Rob. And uh, you know, all the coaches that she had, which a lot of people don't don't see this as well. Like she had a masseuse, she had a coach, she had um, a judging coach that would look at her and like tell her shit like, hey. Stop focusing so much on your biceps. Your biceps are fine. You need to work on your rear delt. You need to work on, you know, on your traps. You need to work on this part of your mid bag. Like that's what he was telling her. Like stop training these things. They're fine. They're gonna, they're gonna be fine for stage. This is what you focus on. My God, that to me is when it's when you're at your optimal level of being, of being any kind of body. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes from just like, well, what are you working today? Like, oh. What's the what's the generic split like back and buys or whatever you know? You get somebody in there that's like, no, I'm just training rear delt for the next two hours. Like, God, God dang, all right. I didn't know there was that many exercises for rear delt. That's cool. <laughs> all right. Hey, so since you said that the weight classes are going or or the poundage went up for weight classes and stuff like that, what's the determination on when they decided to do that? Is it because of like a number of entries or or what? So. 
what I was reading is that they're going to start capping because men's physique, the guys that wear the board shorts and have a weight class, I'm like weight restriction. And everyone's saying like a lot of them are getting bigger than the classic guys, which classic physique is supposed to be like a step up for men's physique. So I think they're trying to cap the men's physique guys. So by doing that, they didn't want to have to like have these guys lost in no man's land. So they kind of raised the classic physique up. And from what I've been hearing from like the VPs, is that the men's physique classes will be the old classic physique weight classes. So there's going to be like a 10 to 15 pound discrepancy between the two, just okay. to kind of make more of a clear line, you know, in the sand, which side you, you fit on. Got it. Uh, What's your take on the on the physique division, man? What what do you like and what do you not like about it? The men's physique division, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of those guys are really big, so I'm I'm kind of on the same boat with them. A lot of those guys are bodybuilders that I don't want to say they don't train legs because some of them do train legs. They just don't want to get up on stage and you know in posing trunks. Um, but no, a lot of the a lot of the best genetics in bodybuilding are actually men's physique. They just don't want to. Uh, push the envelope so they kind of stay where it's comfortable um, but I don't have a problem with it you know it brings tickets it brings it fills seats you know yeah. it fills seats it's more popular than when I go to a show there might be 16 total bodybuilders in the show but men's physique might have 50 guys and they, you know that's what's paying for the show is those seats that those guys are filling so I think uh, it only helps bring more people into the space of fitness so I think you're exactly right like I think it, I think it makes it a more of a of a normal category for people getting into bodybuilding. And uh, the last the last show I went to, a guy joked around, they were talking about like the difference between classic and physique and all that. And one of the guys says, well, it's like classic, but for guys who can't grow their calves. I was like, damn, bro. And then I mean, you know, like, okay. <laughs> all right, I get it. But, but it's all jokes aside, as you're right. I think physique has become almost the moneymaker for, for a lot of these shows. Um, for the amateur shows, I'll say. I still believe, you know, the top shows like the Olympia and the Arnold, the guys, they're going to see the freaks. You know, you're going to see who Mr. Olympia is. Um, but I think for the amateur level to keep the NPC alive, I think a lot of the smaller class shows, the uh, men's physique classes, and even the classic, you know, a lot of the classic, the, the amateur level start to fill up a lot. Guys, you know, jumping in, they see, you know, the Chris Thumb says they want to be like him, so, you know, I'm classic now. And, you know, they, they hop up on stage. So. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I, I agree. I agree with that completely. Like, you're still your elite shows are all about that, but I think that's what's helping growing the industry and normalize this. Because I think there was a lot of negative mindset behind bodybuilding. You know, like back, like I can remember, like back in the day, like it was all like, oh, those are just egotistical people that you know they're all narcissists. They just care about how they look. And it's like, no, it's actually you know a legitimate sport. Like it's you know these people are working hard. It's a, and a lot of times it's more of a mental release for anybody, you know. It's better than the shit working out, bodybuilding myself, better than therapy. Yeah. You know, it's just you versus you, and you, whatever results you want is what you put into it. You know, like in, in 10 years, you're still like me, you got a fucking belly, and you're like, man, I don't know why I can't, you know, why I, I can't get my pants to grow. Like, well, you know, one, stop fucking eating cookies in your truck talking <laughs> on the podcast. And two, you know, actually put in the work, but don't be depressed with what, you know, the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. And I think that's what what is phenomenal about athletes like yourself and, uh, and other bodybuilders that are going that are looking for a pro experiences. You know, that's that's the difference. These people fought themselves to get where they're at. Like you could really care about the competitor next to you, 
because like you said, he's going through the same shit you did. You're yeah. trying to you're trying to outflex him and out out retain him and make sure, you know be be uh have a better appearance on stage. But that's, that's it's I don't know. I'm going on a sugar rush right now anyway, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh we kinda of change it up a little bit. What do you think what do you think is most important for somebody starting out to have, whether it be, you know, training equipment, food, a coach? Uh, what do you think is like one of the – what would you tell somebody? Since you got clients, what do you tell them that they think to prioritize? If you have the funds for it, and then I didn't have the funds back when I started out, I would say, you know, I wish this was things back then. It wasn't. When I first started out, coaches weren't a thing. It was all finding on your own. You know, like I said, I read the magazines, did all that. It'll save you a whole bunch of time to find someone who's already been there, done that, made all the mistakes for you. It'll, you know, you don't have to have a coach forever, but you know, have one just long enough to find out, you know, what the basics are. A lot of people, you know, how, how often do you go to the gym? Same guys with the same year after year after year. No one ever makes any progress, and they they, they tell you their goals. And it's like, but what are you actually doing? You know, they, they tell you they're split, and they're, they don't have any diet to talk about. It's like. Well, there's your, your mistake, you know. I think a lot of people say they want to do it and they don't really want to do it. But I think if you really, you know, I think a coach probably, you know, that or, you know, be your own coach, you know, research. You know, I've spent hours and hours of hours, you know, researching my own stuff. Um, so to be proactive. Yeah. <laughs> that's something to choose, but just be proactive about getting it done. You know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, you know, I think I agree with you. Uh, uh, having a coach is something that's beneficial. Uh, you know, kind of going back to uh, companies and stuff like that, that people are more focused on buying clothes and stuff like that. And that should be like the last thing that you should be sit there and be worried about what kind of clothes that you're wearing. You know, if you could sit there and legit either have a coach or find somebody that knows what they're doing and knows what you're talking about, and you can actually see where they started at, where they are at right now. And then focus on how to eat and when to eat and all of that. I think that's like beneficial. Uh, you know, just kind of going back today, it just seems like there's just a lot of folks in there right now, young kids and stuff like that. They just, just like you said, it's just I'm gonna focus on this stuff because it's whatever, it's what's in. You know, it's what everyone's doing. You know what I mean? It's a lot of side of what it really is. If you really honestly want to do like what you've been doing for. You know, uh, over a decade, this is what you need to do. You know, I'm going to eat my meals. I'm going to eat them at this prescribed time. With I'm going to have everything out. I'm going to get my water in, and I'm going to go train, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to rest, and I'm going to do everything within my power to sit there and, and control every single variable and not miss. Because you already know once you miss once, it just makes it easier to miss again and again and again. And that's what just people don't understand. Uh, what's a gym bag essential that you have to have with you? Something in your gym bag that you you have to have? Have to have. Yeah. The longer I'm in this, the worse my elbows get. Worse my elbows think, Uh I don't know. I can't when I'm training, honestly, you know. Any yeah. type of upper body, elbow sleeves, but I mean, I use a belt, knee sleeves, just the basic stuff. Yeah. Nothing, uh, crazy you got anything you know, in here like you know any of my favorite gloves you wear or anything like that 
just want to see your facial expression on the video. I just, I saw, I saw your face like, like gloves, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to see what your reaction would be. My bad. Uh, I, I mean, I don't need anything. You know, I can make it work, but. See? Those are, those are, you know, those are things I'd like to have. It's not a necessity. Yeah. Definitely. Um, man, uh, let me see what else. Fuck, where'd it go? So when you're, when you're in training, do you do you supplement at all? Like like just like like stuff you get from like complete health reasons on that? Or I mean, I'm not trying to be last story. I'm just trying to rock it supplements from this. Yeah, I used to be more, I used to take a lot more, like, uh, like I used to do the EA, the essential amino acids, and I'll do, like, a cluster action, I'll drink that during my workout stuff. Uh, as I've, you know, kind of been more minimalistic about it, I mean, I will take a pre-workout, it's usually one with no caffeine in it, I find that, like, I don't want to be staying up all night, so I'll take, like, a non-stim pump, probably lower. Um, depending on what I'm training, you know, I'll drink, like, a Gatorade during my workout, so, like, 36, 40 grams of carbs, just some, some dextrose, really. That, that's what I, was, I guess that's where I was going with it. It's like, you, you have like nine carb, uh, like it's your workout carb something that you take just on there to kind of keep your energy levels up. Honestly, I've tried most of them. And like cluster dextrin, you have to dilute it so much fluid that it makes me kind of feel bloated during my workout. So I just kind of I drink a Gatorade. That's yeah. honestly what I found that's been the best for me. You know, if I'm doing legs, I'll drink two of them. <laughs> that's about it. Um, Good stuff. But very minimalistic as far as the pro like supplements. You know, I have like a protein powder, like I'll do a whey isolate here and there, but you know, a little bit of the creatine up over there. Uh, that's about it. Honestly, I've kind of cut back on all that. I appreciate your liver and kidneys. Appreciate that too. Oh, health supplement. Yeah, I mean, I got all the health stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, that, I don't know, that's more, I don't think that's a supplement. I find that that's kind of like a necessity. Um, so yeah, you're. K2 fish oil. I think fish oil is underrated. Um, Absolutely. I will say that when I push my fish oil up, you know, what is like eight, ten grams a day, I notice a huge difference in my blood pressure management. Um, and uh, there's just a lot that's very underrated, I, I believe. Yeah, not all of that stuff is like created equal either, man. I mean, it just, if people are, if this is the thing with supplements and supplementation and stuff like that not talking about vitamins and pills and things like that the people would understand what it is that you're trying to take and what the company is providing and if they actually knew and like read half the stuff that's in the store you wouldn't buy because it's underdose and it doesn't have what you need or what you're looking for so uh, i'm not gonna say the store i worked at but i worked at a supplement store um, and they would charge eighty dollars for a product but me as an employee i could get it at production cost production cost for a lot of those products is six or seven dollars yeah. so what actually are you paying for yep filler yeah I'm not paying for a damn thing but a label I, I find that a lot of guys put a lot of emphasis on the supplement side of things and they don't really put it effort. like if I'm going to put my money I'd rather have a better cut of steak personally I mean I'd rather know, just rate of, of meat or more, I've had you know, like the actual stuff yeah I mean I've been on this uh, meal plan like and macros with Eminem for almost like going on two weeks now uh i've had more energy just like and i ate decent before i wasn't great but i've had more energy and continued energy throughout workouts especially like last night i even at the end of it i didn't feel like i was dead 
you know, I've had gone through ones where I felt like I was just completely zapped, you know, but like I say, being able to focus on eating like quality food and stuff like that and knowing how food works, I mean, it helps out tremendously as far as like your energy levels and then being able to sustain, uh, have sustained muscle endurance and things like that. And people don't understand. Uh, uh, what would you say like who's your influence in bodybuilding like who's your like number one guy that you looked up to coming up and maybe even you still look up to him now man so coming up I would focus on guys that are more around my age um I mean he's no longer here but I, I used to be a huge Dallas for Carver fan Oh damn, bro! Yeah, that opened my eyes to a lot of the things. You know, I wasn't really health conscious or checking a lot of boxes, but I started doing that after you know he had. I think the autopsy ended up saying he had a. I think that the world is a heart attack. I think in the end. I thought they, they said he like he had like a. On his meal or something like that. I think like he, he had, had a heart. Yeah. So he freaked out while he was choking on food, and I think it, it had a uh, cardiac arrest. I mean, they yeah, said I've heard it took more as like a heart attack while he's had that, but yeah, he's face down. Well, yeah, that, that's heartbreaking, man. He was, a, he was a hell of a he was a hell of a person and a competitor, dude. I, I love following Dallas McCarver. I just heard that he was trying to do trying like to, a I, yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like you try to eat like a huge amount of carbs and stuff like that, and try to well, he tried to time his pin and he didn't time it right, and it just went south from there. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but yeah, usually the guys that are coming up, I like to watch guys coming up like I'm coming up. Like I used to watch Nick Walker and stuff like that. Um, they weren't the guys that got me into it, but I like to see who, you know, if all people that were trying to do the same thing I was doing. So it's almost like, uh, I don't know, like looking through a window, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So I'm doubt it was really, man, I mean, I appreciate your time. I don't really have much of anything else. I think we covered a good span of it, man. We've been on here for like over an hour. I really don't want to chew up your time. I know everybody's got stuff to do. I got to hit another meal, and then I need to go to the gym. JP, you got anything? Nah, I got shit to do, uh, but that's cool. He's got to finish his cookies. This, this is the most human interaction I've had all week, but thank you for taking it away from me now. That's that's fine. You had a... <laughs> that's fine. No, I get it. It's fine. Like everybody else in my life. We're trying to go, man. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm a, I'm here in a lecture. I'm about to go have uh, have lunch up here. So, but y'all, man, it's been a pleasure, man. It's really enjoyed talking to y'all. Uh, learned learned a lot, and uh, not a lot, man. I really look forward to seeing what you do, man. I want to see you fuck it up on stage, man, and and good luck to you. And and uh, I hope you get that card in December. Thank you, thank you, thank y'all for having me on again. It was a it was a pleasure. Uh, Jonathan, you got anything else you want to say or shout out to any sponsors or anything like that or plug where people can get a hold of you if, you, if they want some training or anything like that? I mean, yeah. Uh, my Instagram, you know, it's Jonathan underscore Hoffman underscore. Uh, you can find all my information there, all my links and stuff. So, you know, I'm with Gas, so all the clothes and stuff. Um, training, just DM me. Other than that, pretty uh, easy to find. All right. Well, once again, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, man, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we're just trying to do a little bit, something a little bit different, I feel like, and just try to have people come on here, just be themselves. We just talk about random stuff, stuff that we like, stuff that annoys us, and, you know what I mean, just be yourself, you know. Try to say the things that everyone thinks, and but nobody really wants to say. Yeah. 
<clears throat> but uh, hey, man, I appreciate y'all's time, man, and I'll catch y'all later. All right, y'all take care. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.